it took almost like 11 years for me to kind of like step into that role of being able to coach other people. But once I started and I primarily and only work with women and really realized like, holy moly, like this is something that needs to happen. Like there are tons of, you know, there are tons of climbing coaches out there, but not many that specifically work with women. And I found that that is really what was missing is that women needed a place to feel safe and be Mm. heard and have people understand them and not just say, Hey, the answer is just to try harder. You know, (laughs) that works, but like, like, we got a lot of feelings behind that. We got to talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the self-love breakfast club. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for joining me today. I just celebrated my birthday uh, this past Saturday, so that was fun. I ate all the food, drank all the wine, (laughs) um, and really did a little bit of reflection, which, you know, the older I get, the more I know and the more that I realize I don't know. And so it's been pretty cool, I guess, to uh, continue to grow and understand and just like learn so much about so many different things, especially learning more about myself. And I find out the more I learn about myself, the better things get. So yeah, (laughs) thought I'd share that little tidbit with you. Um, I have something really amazing coming up, you guys. Um, Right now, let's see, it is Wednesday the 17th and this Upcoming Monday, I am opening up my early bird enrollment for my new food and body image group coaching program, and I'm calling it Pendulum. So what does a pendulum do? A pendulum swings from side to side, right? So when we are in one side of the pendulum and then we swing back to the other extreme, we can just feel so out of balance, but the goal in this swinging is to come back to center And that's what this program is going to do. So if you find yourself, you know, struggling with emotional eating, um, any sort of food issues, body image issues, self-sabotage, like maybe you're really good for a while and then suddenly you just sail right off a cliff with your food and you are sick of the dieting, you're sick of constantly just trying to lose weight and and do all of these things. And you keep thinking that when you get to like your ideal body, you'll be happy and you're tired of this shit. Like if you are sick of that and you want to be happy now and you want to feel good now and you want to love your body now, that's what this program is. This is all about getting to the root. Look, if you have ran the gamut of diets and you're tired and, and you feel like there's got to be another way, there is. We take an approach here with my coaching that is internal. We get our needs met internally. And I am so obsessed with self-love because there's so much power in it because it's literally the root of everything. So, you know, counting macros is great. I did it for a really long time, but somewhere... When it comes to food plans and diets and, you know, these external strategies to to get our needs met, to make ourselves feel good, we're really just like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. We're not addressing the reason why we're self-sabotaging. We're not addressing the reason why we are hyper-perfectionistic, you know. We can have two people with very similar wounding, 
and have them express in different ways. So maybe you emotionally eat or you self-sabotage while someone else is like hyper, hyper disciplined. And we might look at that person and be like, wow, they really have their shit together or like, you know, their body looks amazing, blah, blah, blah. But they could feel just as shitty on the inside because they just happen to have a different coping mechanism. So it's not about, oh, are you unhappy with your body because it doesn't look good? No, it's about, are you sick and tired of going on this roller coaster of going through this process of, you know, stress eating, emotional eating, or not eating because you're stressed, or, you know, just doing weird shit with your food, constantly feeling like there's a solution out there in a diet, constantly looking in the mirror, and depending on your mood, you know, thinking you look good or horrible. And, we can heal that. That's the thing is that there is a root there that we can heal. And when we do it internally, it sticks and it's sustainable. And then those behaviors that you have resolve themselves. But there's so much out there, especially in the coaching world where we're focusing on the behavior, like, oh, just stop doing this or start doing this, you know? And of course, people want to do 45 behaviors at once and that never is sustainable. So like that's another problem and another layer of it. But we're always looking for, you know, this external solution or um, another big thing in coaching right now is mindset and mindset's down the pipe. Mindset, you can't change your mindset by just working on only your mindset because if you have an internal belief system that is like, in conflict with what you desire and what you want, (laughs) being in your head is only going to do so much. It's not going to stick. It works while you're actively working on it. But the moment you let it go and you like slip up, it's gone. It's gone. And, And it's just not sustainable. And so the approach that I take is it's an internal approach. You know, we let you feel your feelings and we focus on your emotions and we get to the root of what's actually really going on inside of you. And we get to heal that. And in this pendulum program, it's this beautiful container. There will be support and accountability. And it's literally going to change your entire freaking life if you say yes to it. So I am so excited because I don't know who is going to end up in this program. I know it's going to be an incredible group of women It's going to start in April, and like I said, early bird, early bird enrollment is starting next week, and I'm letting you guys know because you show up here and listen to me here, and I wanted you to be the first, one of the first, the first to hear about it. (laughs) So I'm really excited about this program, you guys. I I know that um, I am stepping deeper into my purpose of of changing lives. And this program is just one part of it. So if any of this sounds to you like something you would be interested in and you want to get in on that early bird enrollment, you want to be one of the first people into this program. And this program is, it's considerably less than my one-on-one program. My one-on-one program is for high achieving, high level women, um, it is an investment and a 
a pretty big investment. And while this group program still is a, you know, it's a solid investment for most people, it's definitely a more affordable than my one-on-one and it's going to be well worth it. That's for sure. So if you're interested and checking it out, get your booty on over to my website, crystalrose.com slash pendulum. That's P-N-D-U-L-U-M. And get yourself on the waiting list. So you can't sign up or enroll in the program yet. But if you get yourself on the waiting list, then once we open up for early bird, you will be the first person, people that I reach out to and we can get that ball rolling and find out if it's a good fit for you. Because you know what? It may not be. And that's okay too. So today I have such a great interview with Chelsea Mern. You guys, I love getting to meet incredible women on this podcast. It's like so self-serving in a way because yes, I want you guys to get a lot out of my guests, but also I just get to meet really awesome kick-ass women and it makes me so happy and it makes me so happy to share them with you. And Chelsea is just so cute. Oh my gosh. She is just gorgeous. She is so motivated. She's got so much going on. I absolutely adore her. Chelsea Mern is a seasoned climber, climbing coach, and brain rewiring certified business mentor with over 12 years of experience in the sport. For years, she struggled to move the needle on her own performance, but she discovered what did and didn't work along the way. Chelsea offers a variety of programs to help women make massive leaps in their performance through training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing. After quickly building a multi-six-figure coaching business in an industry that rarely sees it, she became passionate about equipping climbing coaches and business owners with the tools they need to maximize their clients' results and successfully scale their businesses. All right, you guys, as promised, we have another amazing show today. Chelsea, welcome to the Self Love Breakfast Club. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You are so welcome. So we like to start things off with a little initiation, goals, gratitude, and badassery. So right now, what are your current goals? Ooh, I love this. Okay, so goals, I have two primary ones. Um, I'm a rock climber, so I'm always kind of looking to push things in the physical realm. I have a couple different things that I'm working on that I really want to be able to achieve, and it's called sending your project. So I have a couple of those that I'm working on, and then also continuing to grow my business um, to a seven-figure business. That's been a really big goal of mine for the last uh, couple of months, so continuing mm. with that as well. So kind of like two big horizon goals, but always on the back of my mind. Yeah, I love it. And what are you grateful for? Am I grateful for? I am grateful that I do not need to leave the house today because there is so much <laughs> snow outside. And I flew and looked at my poor little car and I was like, yeah, no, that's not moving today. So I'm grateful for the fact that I get to work for myself and I do not need to leave the house. Uh, yes. <laughs> Especially today. Um, and badassery. So something you're really proud of or something you've done recently that you think is pretty badass. Okay, so probably one of the things that I'm the most proud of, um, we'll go, I have two different ones for this. I always like, tons of answers always come to my mind. So the first thing that I'm proud of lately is being able to let some of like my guards 
down. Um, for me, like my entire life, I've been like so guarded mm. against, you know, other people, like really not trusting other people and kind of like thinking everybody's like always out to get me for, for literally no reason. I mean, there mm. are reasons, but it's like, for me, that was always kind of like irrational. So I've been working to like really let that down and be like a lot more vulnerable kind of in my daily life. I don't know how familiar your audience is with the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram eight. So like vulnerability to me is like one of the biggest things. And it's so hard. It is so hard <laughs> for me to do. Um, somewhere along the way, I picked up that like showing emotions was weakness, which I know is not true. But so I've been really working to kind of like dial that back and like show up like very authentically and be able to show up like not with my heart on my sleeve, but a little bit more so. And mm. then another thing that I'm really proud of lately is being able to build a multiple six figure business off of my coaching business. So I, I both coach business and rock climbing. And that for me, that happened in a little under a year. So I'm really proud of that fact. Yeah. So talk to me about rock climbing. Like, <laughs> like this, this is outdoor rock climbing. Is this indoor rock climbing? Is this any rock climbing? Is this like the movie solo? Like, <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> this is a great question. Okay, yes, yeah, so if you've seen it, um, that is not the type of rock climbing that I, I would like to live to see another day. Um, Alex Honnold, who's in that, is an amazingly talented athlete, and you know the people that do that, like they understand the risks and everything. The type of climbing that I really like to do is a little bit safer than that. I would, I would like to think anyway, and kind of like if anybody does climb, it's generally you train indoors so that you can perform outdoors. So hmm. we use the indoor facilities so that we can kind of like, you know, have a little bit more routine and structure and practice our skill set in a more controlled environment. And then going outside to really like put our skills to the test. And it's just honestly so fun to be outside with your friends in the sun, you know, more in like non, non-COVID capacity, you know, when we get to like hang out a little bit more. But yeah, it's really like spending time in nature and as much as you can get outside that that's kind of the goal. Cool. I know literally nothing about climbing. I'll just say that. Um, I think in high school, when I was a freshman, it was like, we had like a rock wall or something like that in, in my gym. So that was like part of our PE classes. But aside from that, I know nothing. Um, <laughs> so if any of my questions sound really dumb, I apologize. <laughs> climbing was yeah like a PE class and literally in high school and from there I was like totally hooked I was like wow this is the first time that I actually feel like I'm decent at something like I can keep up with the boys so I was like this is really fun yeah that sounds really like gratifying for sure so where like where's been like the coolest I don't know thing you've climbed mountain I love it yeah no cliff for me is like, it's such a great question because I mean, there's climbing all over the US, there's climbing all over the world. And I've definitely climbed overseas and everything. But the place that I keep coming back to is Leavenworth, Washington, which is like, halfway between Seattle and Spokane, if you're familiar, anybody with the, the state of Washington, it's kind of like right in the middle of the state. And it's this like, cutesy little like Bavarian themed town. So it's like, touristy, mm. but I just love it because it's like, the forest is right there. And it's usually like the weather is great. And it's just like so fun to be outside and to be in that environment. For me, that feels like home kind of more than anywhere else. So I'm, I'm really excited to always like return there. There are other like amazing places like Las Vegas has some really great bouldering and rock climbing. And it's always generally sunny there, which is nice. Um, but I always come back to Leavenworth. That's my favorite place. 
So cute. And there's like a little, a cute little town there. And I'm guessing a beautiful view. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The mountains in the background like that. It's, it's epic. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. And so now you coach, like how long have you been doing this for? So you said high school and then you kind of got into it. And then what, at what point were you like, I want to coach other people here? <laughs> yeah. So I've been climbing for about 12 years now. So yeah, ever since high school, I kind of got hooked, did it all throughout college. And when I was in college, I really, you know, was wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. Like, I've never been one of those types of people that like had anything listed out. Like, I literally was like, I cannot see the future. Like, I was like, I can't see <laughs> myself doing any single one of these jobs because it just sounds miserable. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, I really tried to like force myself into career paths. And I worked in the climbing gym industry for a long time. So I have a lot of knowledge around the industry. I was able to, um, I was called what is a route setter. So mm-hmm. I put holds on the wall and really like crafted and created movement paths for people. So for me, I feel like I have a high skill level being able to like coach people with movement. And it really kind of sunk in a couple of years after college, you know, I tried to like do the typical nine to five thing. And I was like, this just is not working. Like I like I hate being told what to do. This is just so hard for me to like be in the workforce like this. And actually, I don't even know how this happened. But my first business coach like pitched me on her services and was like, yeah, like you have a really cool niche, like you could be really successful. And I was like, uh, maybe she's right. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just gonna take the chance and see. So it was kind of yeah, like it took almost like 11 years for me to kind of like step into that role of being able to coach other people. But once I started, and I primarily and only work with women, and really realized like, holy moly, like this is something that needs to happen. Like there are tons of you know, there are tons of climbing coaches out there, but not many that specifically work with women. And I found that that is really what was missing is that women needed a place to feel safe and be Mm. heard and have people understand them and not just say, Hey, the answer is just to try harder. You know, (laughs) that works, but like, like, we got a lot of feelings behind that. We got to talk about it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like what a wonderful example though, of like how literally you can create a career out of just something you enjoy because you would think, you know, climbing, I, you know, I would think, oh, that's just like, what a fun hobby, you know, what a cool hobby. And to actually make a career out of something is so much more possible than people realize. I think it's just a matter of going for it and just figuring out how to make it work. And, and the riches really are in the niches. And I think, you know, working with women as a woman, especially in, in kind of a, sport activity like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, very male dominated, you know, I mean, like boxing, like things like that, where you're just kind of like when you have a man instructor, and it's not like it's a bad thing to work with a man, but a lot of the times there's just like an intimidation. And I think, you know, women, especially like I fit this category where I don't want to look dumb in front of people. <laughs> like I don't want to, you know, have to kind of stumble through things and, and feel like, Oh God, it looks so dumb and not want to come back. Or like, you know, maybe they say the wrong thing a little harshly and then it's just, you feel bad. Um, and so I think like having that woman, you know, that touch, cause you understand, you're like, I am you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I've been there before. We can talk about this. Like I've literally had the same struggles and fears as you. And yeah, it's just giving them this like really safe space to talk about things and yeah, to not feel judged or pressured and to like really give them permission to move at their own pace. And you don't, your journey does not have to look like your, your male partners over here or any other dudes that you've seen. 
Yeah. So, and you were what was called a, was it, did you say a route master? Did I make that up? A route setter. That was route setter. A route like master, though. That's You're a route master. <laughs> That's really cool. Like, I, another thing that you just wouldn't even think about, like, you know, I mean, you walk in a climbing gym and I'm like, they just get there. They just get put on the wall. Yeah, they just appear <laughs> up on the wall. And yeah, especially with like climbing being in the Olympics for, you know, whenever it does happen, whenever the Olympics happen, like the sport is really just going to explode even more so. And is that yeah, new? Yeah. Oh, wow. to be the first year that climbing is included in the Olympics. That's amazing. Yeah. So cool. And how does that get determined of who goes? Like... It's a really kind of like strict process that they have. Um, essentially, the participants have to qualify in three different aspects of the sport. So I believe it's speed climbing, which is kind of like a relatively small aspect of the sport. Not mm. many people that do rock climb actually either enjoy or participate in speed climbing. So it's kind of like this weird like redheaded stepchild. But so they have to qualify in that and then lead climbing or sport climbing, which is having a rope with you going up taller walls. So when you fall, you're being caught by a rope. Mm. And then the third aspect is bouldering. So every fall with that is a ground fall, but typically it's a little bit closer to the ground. So kind of like a combination of those three from different countries around the world. Interesting. That's really cool. Wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's exciting. So I, I mean, climbing is going to explode even more than it already is right now. And you're going to see more climbing gyms popping up, more people wanting to get into the sport, more people going outside to do it. Yeah. And I would think with like, you know, the whole like the Ninja Warrior explosion and stuff like that, the upper body strength and, and climbing along walls and cliffs and thingies are, you know, part of uh, a skill that people want to develop. And then I've seen, you know, you get into something or you start learning something to get better at something else and then you fall in love with that other thing, which, you know, oh, right, let's do some, let's do some climbing to get better at, at ninja warrior or whatever and the, or to get stronger upper body and then it's like, oh, I love this. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, it's those like little bonuses that come along. Like for me, it was like, I really loved climbing coaching and didn't realize how much I loved building a business until I was like, wow, I do have a successful business and mm -hmm. then kind of pivoted to being able to help other climbing coaches and fitness professionals then build their business. And yeah, it's like, you never know what's going to like lead you to that thing that you actually really love. So do you do both now? You do business coaching and climbing coaching? Yep. Primarily right now I do business coaching. Um, for me, that's just like a really fulfilling part of my business is to help other people grow and like gain essentially like that independence and the freedom that they're looking for. Like that to me, like is so empowering to see other people like accomplish their goals in that way, be able to quit their nine to fives and really be able to be like, yeah, like I accomplished this dream of mine, you know, like climbing it's, it's, it's pretty small right now, but like you can mm. absolutely make a really good full-time living doing it if you are determined to like make it work. Yeah. So you, so you became a climbing coach, you grew your climbing, your climbing coaching business, and then you were like, I want to teach other people to do what I did essentially in whatever area that they want to do in. Yep, cool. Exactly. There are a lot of coaches out there now and I've been seeing it. I'm, I'm a coach in some respects as well. And seeing it, um, I feel like there's like some good and some bad stuff. I think it's easy to get caught up in like, wow, it's oversaturated and like, everyone's a coach and blah, blah, blah. But when you really think about it, how about all of the people that you know that do not have coaches, um, <laughs> that there's a lot of opportunity out there. And 
there are some not so great coaches, unfortunately. And I think that's, I think that's what's the hardest thing is to kind of determine like, how is some, how do you know when someone's good? You know, like, how do you know that you can trust someone um, to coach you? Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there and that goes for any space, you know, like nutrition and business and whatever. Um, so, so how do you feel like people can make the best determination of like what coach to go, with, especially in business when it's like, you're putting in money to get money back. Yep. Yep. Essentially. Absolutely. It's definitely, it's a, and it's an investment to, yeah. you know, working with a coach and, you know, hopefully making it work on your end too. But I think, so for me, the way that I kind of operate is like, there are no bad or wrong decisions. Like there are only decisions that bring you closer to what you want or make you realize like, that's not what I want. <laughs> like, being able to reframe it in that way, like everybody, whether they're like, you know, the right fit for you as a coach or not is going to teach you something. Mm. And for me, like the way I go about investing in myself, you know, I have right now I have three coaches, I have a business coach and mentor, I have like a money or finances coach. And I also have mm. a climbing coach for myself. Um, because yeah. I do not want to write training plans for myself when it comes down to the end of the day. So it's like an investment that I'm happy to make. And the way that I go about hiring people is I, you know, I follow them maybe on social media for a little bit and I see if I resonate with them. If what they're saying feels good for me and mm. I leave, you know, their page or maybe I send them a DM and I leave that conversation feeling better. I know that I was probably meant to work with that person in some capacity. So for me, it's all just like about experimenting. And you know what, if you find that you don't resonate with somebody or that was like not the right investment for you, great. Like be thankful for that because it brought you closer to what you don't want. And then you can rule that option out in the future. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think it's great that you have coaches yourself. You know, it's like therapists need therapists. Oh, <laughs> you know? I don't like, how can you expect anybody to invest in you and mm. your services if you're unwilling to do that for yourself? That's like literally telling the universe, like, I don't believe in myself enough to, to, you know, yeah. have other people pay me. And it's yeah, like that disconnect there for me. It's like, I would be wary of anybody like a business coach that does not have a business coach. Yeah, which also you see that all the time. You see that all the time. And it's so interesting to be like, you're not willing, like, why would anyone pay you if you're not willing to ante up and pay someone yourself to get, you know, to become better because we never just stop being like, I'm a business coach now. I know everything and I can coach you and I don't need any more help. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You still need to um, invest in your own personal growth, whatever that looks like and different seasons, you know, you may require a different coach or you may grow out of a coach. And I think it's beautiful when someone grows out of you. I mean, no one wants to feel that when you have a client that's kind of like, hey, I'm looking for something else or I'm, I'm looking to do this now. But if you are a coach and you have someone who, who says something like that to you, to be supportive of them and, you know, to be like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just not a good fit for that particular thing, but absolutely, you know. Yep. That, or if you need a referral, let me know and I'll send you, I'll send you along. Um, I think just creates a lot of, beautiful uh, trust in the industry itself. But then also, you know, that person will always look at you and be like, wow, what an amazing coach I had because like she supported me to move on. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's really just like abundance mindset too. You yeah. know, like if not this client, another one that's better. There's no shortage of amazing, perfect fit clients for me out there. And for me, I tell all of my clients, like, I do not want you to feel codependent on me. I want mm. you to empowered to run your own business, you know, you're going to know when you either want to try doing this out for yourself or you want to move on, you know, because for me, I am not the right fit for somebody that wants to run like a physical 
business, like somewhere with a physical location, I would not be your right coach. I'm probably not the right coach for somebody that wants to sell physical products. For me, I'm a very like, I work very intuitively with a lot of energy work inside the business for Mm. service-based entrepreneurs. So for me, it's like, I know very clearly that's my niche and that's what I'm really, really good at. And it's a disservice to that other person to say, Hey, I can help you in this because I'm not going to be the person that can show up fully for that because that's just not what I know or do. And being able to tell my clients like, you know what, like, I want you to be here because you want to be here, not because you feel like you have to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, a lot of integrity, a lot of integrity flying around. I like it. (laughs) So (laughs) let's switch some gears because um, talk to me about hormones. Mm -hmm. What, What is your, yeah, what's your story around that? Yep. So for me, this has always been something that I was really passionate about. Um, I struggled with like stomach issues for so long. Like when Mm. I was in college, I would get like these crippling stomach aches that I was just like, wow, this is cool. I cannot go hang out with my friends. I can't go climbing. I like, I feel like I can't even go to class half the time because I'm in so much pain. And it kind of started through the nutrition lens. And I was like, okay, how much work can I do around my nutrition and really see, you know, where that can get me? Can I cut out some of these foods, you know, that might be like a little bit more inflammatory. And that worked for a little while. But I was realizing that like, I really wasn't performing like how I wanted to. And that for me was really frustrating, because like rock climbing, you know, I've been doing it for so long, like I was like, I feel like I should be better at this point. And you know, Mm -hmm. that's not the mindset that I wanted to have, like, I wanted it to feel a little bit more flowy and a little bit like, I wanted to just, yeah, feel more gratitude towards the sport and not feel like I was forcing it all the time. So I really started to dig into my hormones and where those were at and kind of see like, okay, is there anything I can tweak here? Because, you know, my first day of my cycle, I was like, I'm out, like I can't do anything. And then probably for a couple days before that, like I am not fun to be around, Um, you know, so like doing a lot of work around that. And for me, that involved like doing some hormone testing, learning a lot more about hormones and kind of how they affect the way that you're able to essentially like move through the world. Like if your hormones are balanced, your period should be like, it's like a gift, literally. And I feel that (laughs) it it took a long time. I did not feel that way in the beginning. I was like, when I first heard that, I was like, you were kidding. And that's like, get out. (laughs) I am taking your gift back. Um, Yeah. So it took a long time to get there. But like, yeah, if your hormones are balanced, and you know, that that's a lot of things. It's not just, you know, lab testing and looking at that. It's like, can you balance your stress? And Mm. are you able to like take those steps when you're able to and like, it should Yeah, it just should just come and go and you move on with your life. And it shouldn't be a big production that kind of shuts your life down. So for me being able to figure that out for myself, and it was a lot of cycle syncing. So being able to pair exercise with where you're at in your cycle, you can go a little bit harder when you're around ovulation, definitely need to dial it back a little bit right before your cycle starts and probably those first couple days of your cycle. And for me, that translated a lot into my work as well. I'm Mm. definitely a lot more outgoing, you know, when I'm around ovulation, and I feel like talking to people and I can be really energetic versus like yeah right before my period starts I'm like mm, no I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back in because yeah, like biologically you're like looking for a mate <laughs> yeah, exactly. so it's, yeah like yeah, that literally is what it is and yeah before your cycle starts like that's your time to come back home to you so for me I really dialed that in for myself and then wanted to share that with my climbing clients because there I think there's a lot of room for that in the sports performance world still because so much of that research is done on men you know, and it's like, we totally get left out of the equation. And it's like, why can't I just push it, push it, push it every single day? And hormones are probably why. Yeah, we so I had a period educator on here. And she talked a lot about what to do, like, 
during your cycle and like what, what works, what doesn't. And when, you know, when can you make it more flowy, you know, the different activities you want to do. So like totally feel that. And yeah, you know, a lot of studies they're done, they're done on men uh, because men don't have periods. So it's a lot easier for things to be consistent because, you know, God forbid, (laughs) you know, God forbid we actually work with women's cycles and try to like figure out what actually works for women. Women are not just mini men. We are not a copy and paste right. version of men. And so when we have these um, fad diets, and I won't name them right now because I don't want to piss anyone off, but I have talked about it quite a bit. Um, but, you know, we have these fad diets that you like, oh, yeah, so great. I'm doing this. And I'm like, cool. I uh, hope you have a good endocrinologist because you're going to fuck up your hormones. You're going to need one. Yep. Yeah. Great. <laughs> great. And it just makes me like, oh, I want to scream because we are so different. And you know, honoring that and figuring out like what works for you, because no, not all women are the same, but also, you know, what works for you as the individual and then what works, you know, for women in general, and then kind of whittling it down from there. So you figured it out. You cracked the code. (laughs) Most of the time I feel that way. You know, I'll have a cycle here and there that I'm like, okay, clearly my stress was not managed well last month, but Mm. I know the tools and have the toolkit now to like, yeah, really to address those things. Yeah, you called your period a gift, and so now all the women listening to this hate you. No. <laughs> They're like, "What?" We'll get there. I promise. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not supposed to be painful. That's what they say. It's not. It's not supposed to be. But yeah, I guess you know we keep keep working at it. And I think it's hard for us, you know, like especially as a business owner, to manage stress and to understand it a lot of the times people ask like how do you get rid of stress and the work that I do it's not about getting rid of your feelings it's about like maybe you should get curious about it like why are you stressed what is the stress trying to tell you like there's it's trying to tell you something and so maybe sitting with it and figuring out what it's trying to tell you rather than like I just gotta go exercise or like eat a bunch of food or whatever you know and to try to get rid of stress there's actually ways that you can, one, manage it on the front end just to like not put yourself in stressful positions and then also, you know, really get curious about it and figure out what is going on to cause it. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, when you are a business owner, like you are your business. So it's like Mm -hmm. your energy that's going to reflect when you show up on Instagram, when you write emails, when you interact with clients, like you have to make sure that like, yeah, you're not going to be able to get rid of your stressors. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. You know, we like, even if you went and lived in a cave somewhere, like you would still probably be stressed out about like where you're going to get your next meal. So it's Mm. like, how can we change your reaction and your response to the to the stressors and also make sure that you're getting like the tools that you need to heal some of that stuff that's probably coming from childhood. It's coming from trauma, you know, whether mm. it's or little t, like everybody has trauma and that's absolutely affecting the way that you move through the world. It's affecting the way that you interact with people and it's affecting the way that you show up. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> that is exactly what I do. So <laughs> I love, yes, you know, there's always something uh, we don't, we don't realize it, but our behaviors all reflect um, something in our past. You know, yeah. we're not a perfectionist. We're not a people pleaser. We're not an addict because like, that's the problem. There's always something deeper. That's just a coping mechanism. And I think that people are starting to realize that you get to take res- uh, personal responsibility and emotional responsibility and work on yourself. And then these things that used to be an issue are no longer an issue because they resolve themselves when you 
when you attack the root. Yeah. So what an interesting conversation we have. Like, (laughs) we, we have hit so many different, literally we've we've got everywhere. This, I mean, this is why, like for me, like staying with just climbing coaching, I'm like, yes, I could do that. And I could do, you know, well at that, but there's Mm. so many other things that I want to talk about because really like it, it is all so connected and it all matters. Yeah. I mean, being multi-passionate, there's nothing wrong with being multi-passionate. Um, I myself am, I know, I know a lot of people who are, I think, um, you know, sometimes it's really great to like kind of whittle down and like focus on like, this is what I do best, you know, and communicate that. But having like a lot of different things that you're knowledgeable, knowledgeable about, interested in, awesome. Um, and it makes for a great podcast. (laughs) (laughs) so we like to end things out on a quote is there like a quote that you just like you live by or that maybe recently has just been like kind of hitting for you that you can share with us I think so for me one of the big ones lately the one that kind of came to my mind first was if you if you have this goal especially if you're something like a business owner if you have this goal and you can accomplish it alone you're not dreaming big enough Ooh. Yeah, it's like you are so powerful. Like give that credit because <laughs> yeah, like like when you really sit there and allow yourself to dream big, like most of the times we need to like double that. Like because we we like we're so like afraid of our own power mm. that like we think so small and we just put those limits and parameters on ourselves right off the gate. And it's like actually like if there were no barriers, like what could you do? What could you accomplish? Yeah, that's good. That hits. I hope that I hope that hit you guys right in the chest. <laughs> right, in the feels. <laughs> right in those feels. All right, Chelsea, where can they find you? Okay, I'm primarily on Instagram. I love Instagram. I just think it's such a fun way to connect with people. I love posting photos and stories. Like for me, it's just it's it's a blast over there. So I'm at ladybeta.coaching. Um, and I'm sure you'll like put the spelling and everything in the show oh, notes. Yeah. And then also over on my podcast, I have the Lady Beta podcast. We talk about all things brain rewiring, we talk about climbing. We talk about business coaching. We talk about money. We talk about energy. Like we talk about a lot of things over there. So I'm, awesome. I'm really excited. Those are kind of the two primary. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. You are so delightful. <laughs> really thank enjoyed you. talking with you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the self-love breakfast club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time.